Welcome to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, certified religious transition and trauma recovery coach, Terry Hales. I help people step out of the shadows of religious fear and shame and embrace their authentic selves with love and empathy. If you're ready to throw off the shackles of learned binary thinking and explore a more nuanced approach to life, this is your playground. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. We've been talking about values now for almost a month. And one of the big questions that keeps coming from you and from me is, what do I do if I have conflicting values? What if I have two things that are really important to me and they don't seem to work together? What do I do if I can't make a choice? What do I do if I feel like I'm being pulled in two different directions? In literature, we call these man versus self conflicts. And those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while know that I love to read. I devour books like candy. And so I love looking at this from a literary point of view. Now, man versus self conflicts, they happen when we're experiencing opposing needs, desires, or values. And most of us that are listening to this podcast, we've probably already experienced many of these conflicts throughout our deconstruction process. One kind of man versus self-conflict is a religious conflict, and these occur whenever our thoughts or feelings contradict our religious beliefs. Does that sound familiar? These kinds of values conflicts often lead us to doubt or question our religious beliefs, and many of us here began our deconstruction process because of an internal values conflict or series of conflicts that led us to begin asking questions. Another kind of man versus self-conflict is a love conflict, and I think many of us here have experienced this as well. Love conflicts happen when we face a decision that may hurt a person that we love. So it's a decision that we feel like we must make, either for our own benefit or for the benefit of the other person or both, but we know that in the short term, it's going to hurt them. I know that many of us took this into consideration as we began deconstructing. We may have had spouses we were thinking about or parents or siblings or best friends even. And we knew that our decision to begin questioning the church in earnest or to pull away or to remove our names from the organization, if we're you know in a legalistic organization that requires you to remove your name from the roster, that those decisions... We're in our best interest, but we're going to hurt people that we loved. And some of us may have experienced societal conflicts. And this is where we have conflicting emotions about what society expects of us. Now, probably the easiest example to see of this is in like the working mother dilemma, the value of going out and earning a living, being free but also the societal expectation to be at home as a homemaker with kids. There's kind of both things pulling at you, but I also see this in the stay-at-home dad dilemma. So men that choose to stay home with kids and take care of the house, there is a societal expectation that they're the ones outgoing and you know earning the money for the family. And so there's a little bit of societal conflict there. 
So I'm sure you're already aware that you're in conflict if you are, but let's talk about how you know if you're in conflict. Because maybe you're still getting into your body. Maybe you're still becoming aware of, you know, the internal signals of conflict inside of yourself. Maybe you're still just becoming familiar with your feelings. If this is true, go listen to some of my first podcasts. So in my very first podcast in 2021, talked about getting comfortable with feeling, reattaching to your body, learning to recognize emotions and allowing for that. If that's where you are, if you're like, I I think I'm in conflict, I don't know, I don't know what I'm feeling, go back and listen to some of those and allow yourself to get familiar with how your body feels and what emotions might be coming up for you. It's going to make working with conflicts of values inside of yourself a little bit easier. So use that as a tool to help you get to know yourself, to feel more compassion for yourself, and to be able to hear what's going on inside of you so that you have the information you need to form a resolution. Now, when we're in conflict, it often feels like a tug of war inside of me. Like I feel like I'm pulled backwards and forwards or like a seesaw. I'm going up and down. I feel like a yo-yo even. I feel like it's this tension of back and forth. I see the value in both priorities, but it doesn't feel like they work together. This often leaves me feeling guilty and stressed or even unsatisfied no matter what value I choose. So a really common one for me that I had for years was the conflict between owning my own business and being a mother because I had a very specific idea of what kind of mother I wanted to be. And then I had a very specific idea of what kind of business person I wanted to be. And this was during my wedding photography days. So I would be gone on the weekends. I was staying up late at night editing people's wedding photos. And during the day, I was, you know, homeschooling my kids and being there for my kids. So I was on like 24-7. And that might have been part of it too. There was a lot of conflict because I was tired. I think I was existing on like four to five hours of sleep at night. Heaven was deployed. He was gone with the military. And I was trying to be superwoman on top of holding down church callings, which added additional hours to you know this thing that we're just not even going to talk about. But I often felt guilty and stressed and unsatisfied, partly because I was exhausted, but partly because when I was at work, I felt like I was supposed to be with my kids. That's part of the reason I only edited pictures late at night after they went to bed. So my editing time started at about 8, 8.30 at night. And I had 40 hours of work to do for every single wedding. And sometimes during the, the height of wedding season, that meant 40 hours of work each week to do at night while my kids were sleeping. So I was on from like 7 a.m., until they went to bed at eight o'clock, 8.30. And then I started editing and I would edit until like three in the morning. And then I'd sleep until 7 a.m. and get up and do it again. Looking back on, on that part of my life, I'm like, oh, Terry. And maybe you're right there too. You can't make up your mind or figure out what the right thing to do is. And you feel like both things are incredibly important. 
the idea of giving up my business kind of felt like a death to myself. It felt like I would be giving up the last piece of my identity. I couldn't do that. But giving up the one-on-one fully focused time with my kids, especially when they were little, didn't feel right either. And I, I couldn't find a way to make these two values work together. So I was guilty when I was with my kids because there was so much work to do and it wasn't done. And I felt guilty when I was with my business because I felt like it was taking away from my kids. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you have some values that feel like they're at war, like those two things used to feel for me. You can also tell when you're in conflict with your values because it feels like your whole time you're spent like doubting or second guessing or trying to convince yourself to choose the other path. So even if you choose one value, like let's say I had just chosen to be with my kids and to homeschool them because that's what my oldest needed at the time. So let's say that that's all that I had chosen. And I said, you know, this is the most important value. The problem would be that the whole time I would be thinking or even resenting that I wasn't able to pursue things that were important to me because that value is equally as important to me, at least, as being a good mom for my kids. I needed a personal identity and I wanted to pour into my children. I wanted both. And choosing or really felt like it wasn't going to work. So even if I had chosen just my family, there would have been a part of me that would be trying to convince me to find a way to work that would be feeling resentful or doubtful or second guessing that choice. So maybe you're there too. And maybe you know what this feels like. Tony Robbins, and I don't listen to a lot of Tony Robbins. I know he has some good stuff out there, but his personality and mine there's something that just doesn't mix very well. But I do like to read some of his content. But this time I watched a YouTube short. It was recommended to me by, you know, the internet gods that I guess saw that I was researching a whole bunch of things about values. And it said, I think you will like this short video by Tony Robbins. And in this short, like one and a half minute video, he says to a whole room of people, Have you ever set a goal for yourself right before you achieved it? You sabotaged it somehow. And of course, you know, people are raising their hands and he says, does this happen often? And everybody's like laughing and raising their hands. And he says, if this is a pattern, you probably have conflicting values at play. And I've done that before. I did this with my wedding photography business. So as my business began to grow, I would self-sabotage. I would sabotage my business because I felt like every hour that I spent at a wedding, taking pictures or editing them was somehow making me a worse mother. So my business would grow a little and then I'd sabotage it a little bit, not a whole lot, not enough to like tank the business, but I'd sabotage it a little. And then it'd grow a little and I'd sabotage it because every time I would move forward, it was like there was a yank of that tug of war from the part of me that wanted to be with my kids. And so I was going back and forth, like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. And it was exhausting. So I really actually agree with Tony that if you feel like 
you often sabotage yourself or sabotage your success, maybe it's time to look and see if you have some conflicting values. When we experience internal values conflicts, it's because we value both things equally or the conflict would have been resolved long ago. If this had been a clear choice between I value my family and I don't value having a business as much, I don't value achievement or you know, a personal identity quite as much, this would have been an easy resolution. I would have let the business die and I just would have stayed home with my kids. If one value really was more important, we would have let go of the other one and just focused on one. But what happens is we likely have beliefs that one value should trump the other. There was a part of me that definitely felt like being at home with my kids and homeschooling them even was the most important thing. That had been drilled into my head during my days in Mormonism, that there was no other success that would make up for failure in the home. No other success. That if my kids didn't have a perfect childhood, this is how I interpreted it. Nobody said this to me, but you know that I'm a recovering perfectionist, people pleaser, rule follower, overachiever that if my kids didn't have a perfectly happy childhood, that no other success that I had would make up for that failure on my part. It was a lot of pressure. So I had some deep internal beliefs that my kids were my number one priority above and beyond anything that I could want for myself, that their needs, their happiness, their childhood memories like were more important than anything else, meaning there was no room for anything else. And yet there was a part of me that needed a self, which is what the business represented for me. It needed a creative outlet. It needed self-expression. It needed adult conversation. It needed achievement. Because remember, I was still driven by external validation. I needed people to see me. And for many of us who were stay-at-home moms, I mean, your kids don't say thank you that often. The work you're doing is just expected, as it should be, when your kids are tiny, tiny, right? And no one comes and pats you on the back and says, you're doing such a great job as a mom. So in order to balance these pieces of me, these pieces that needed validation, that needed recognition, that needed, you know, this like self-worth to be built up, I needed that the way I needed food and air. And I wanted to be there for my kids and I wanted to give them a great childhood. And I even had a drive to do that because I felt like if I had somehow messed up with my kids and didn't do my best, that no other success throughout my entire life would ever make up for that failure. And it almost felt like there was no way I'd ever make up for that with my kids either. And I know differently now. And if you've been listening for a while, you know differently too, that if we make mistakes and we will, that there is always a place for us to be accountable and to work with our kids and to move forward. That's all any of us want from our parents. If we have issues with our parents, that's all we want. We just want accountability and validation. And we want to know that we can work together to make it better in the future. That's it. 
That's it. And we can give that to our kids. So if this sounds familiar, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about solutions that I've discovered in the last week or two. And we're going to talk about my own experience with these internal conflict conversations and how we begin to resolve those. But before we go any further, I want to invite you to join us for our live discussion calls on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Each week, our calls get better and better as we build a sense of trust in our community and people have begun sharing their honest thoughts about podcast topics and how they impact their lives. And I've gotten a chance to just be real with everybody there. And it's been such a fun experience. And I've been learning a ton, and I'm hearing from some of those who've joined the calls that they're learning too. If you've been longing for community and a place to get curious about your own experience with the topics in these podcasts, please go to my website at emancipateyourmind.org and look for the box on the right-hand side of the page if you're on your computer or the bottom of your page if you're on your phone that says, support the podcast and give a gift. Choose any amount of monthly donation, whatever works for you. And I do mean that. And you'll be included not only in the weekly live discussion calls, but you'll also receive weekly emails with additional tools and journal prompts to help you get the most from each episode. Remember, donations made to the podcast go through mormondiscussions.org so that you can write them off on your taxes as a charitable donation if you live in the United States. If you want to be included in the content this week, Write me an email at terry at emancipatedcoaching.com with the subject I donated to be included in this week's call. Otherwise, all new donors will be included on the email list starting on the 5th of the next month. Also, if you've already donated and you haven't been receiving the weekly email with the call links and the additional tools, please check your email folders. Mine shows up in the folder labeled updates. It's really weird. If you still don't see it there, please email me at terry at emancipatedcoaching.com and we'll figure it out together. I want to hear your thoughts and ideas on the calls. Every single person that adds their thoughts and brings up their own life experiences enriches my life and they also shape where the podcast is going and what topics I'm researching. If you want to be a part of that process, please join us. And if you haven't been receiving the emails, please let me know. All right, how do we start to resolve these internal value conflicts? I was reading on mindmastery.com. There is a therapist coach over there. She has a degree in psychology, but she coaches so that she's not constrained to just one place. Just a little aside, I hope that in the future that states find a way to license therapists to be able to practice outside of their state. Kevin has become a coach as well. So those of you who are wanting, you know, couples therapy or couples, I guess, coaching from somebody who has a degree in psychology and is aware of, you know, religious deconstruction comes from a Mormon background. If you are working through, um, you know, like a multi-faith marriage, if you're working through, you know, somebody who's still in the LDS church and someone who's not. Or even if both of you have left and you're not really sure how to like work with one another now, Kevin is taking clients out of state as a coach. 
So the services are a little bit different, but also meet the same ends in many ways. He can do therapy here in Colorado, but if you're looking for someone who understands your background and you're trying to work through couples issues together, Kevin is taking new clients out of state as well as out of country as a couples and religious trauma coach. If you would like to talk with him, I'm putting his information in the show notes of of this episode as well. But this is what this therapist does. Her name is Joanna Zabroniak Chimenti. Chimenti? I hope I'm saying that right. I'll write it in the show notes and you can decide how to pronounce her name. She talks about the reason we have internal conflicts in the first place. It stems from black and white thinking, which many of us are very familiar with. So when we come from high demand religion, one of the things that we often forget to deconstruct is this all or nothing thinking. Maybe we do it in the religious sector, but we keep it in our personal life. We believe there's a right way to be and a wrong way to be. This is often why we have such deep judgments of people who are still religious. So sometimes what will happen is we'll leave religion, we'll become agnostic, we'll become atheist, and then we'll have deep judgments about people who decide to remain religious for whatever reason. Or maybe we leave Mormonism and we become, you know, non-denominational Christian, but we judge people who remain Mormon. Um, This often stems from this whole, there's a right way to be and a wrong way to be. So maybe we change our spiritual beliefs, but we don't change that underlying pattern, that underlying belief that there is a right way and a wrong way. And this comes up with our values as well. So when we have two conflicting values at war with one another, we believe we must choose between the two options. There's a right choice and there's a wrong choice. And we feel like we have to choose one. We have to choose the right one in order to resolve all the tension. And this creates a lot of stress for us, right? What if we make the wrong choice? Going back to my kind of classic example of do I work or am I at home with the kids? This created like a lot of tension and a lot of stress in my life because honestly, every time I was at work, I felt like I was making the wrong choice. Every time that I was doing something for myself, I felt like I was being selfish. So for 10 years, I held this tension for 10 years of feeling like I was doing something wrong, but it was also something I couldn't stop. It's kind of like when you eat chocolate at midnight because you have like a wild, mad craving, and then you feel guilty about it. But at the same time, you're not going to give up the chocolate because it's that time of the month and you've got mad cramps and chocolate is the only thing that's going to give you a shot of endorphins. It's like that. So there was a part of me that felt like the right choice and the only choice was being at home with my kids. And there was another part of me that felt crazy mad guilt every time I went to work, even though I knew I wasn't going to give up work. And I would sabotage myself as almost kind of penance. So I would get published in a magazine like The Knot, and then I would sabotage myself by just doing something that I knew was not in my best interest that would keep me from growing. When I look back on that stage in my life, that's what comes up when I think about values conflicts, is just that tension between these two pieces of myself, the piece of myself that wanted a personal identity, which is not wrong, and to be a great mom, which is also not wrong. But Joanna says, what if it isn't 
the conflict that's stressing us out, but it's our approach to solving the conflict that is stressing us out. What if it is this black and white thinking, this all or nothing thinking, this binary thinking that is stressing us out? The idea that we have to choose, the idea that there is one right choice and the other one isn't as important, that we can't have both somehow. But if we're looking at the conflict from a fresh perspective, allowing our brains to offer creative solutions, could we find harmony between the two values? What if we could integrate the two values and get them to work together? What if there was a way that being with my kids helped my work and being at work helped me as a mother with my kids? What if I got curious and creative and brought these two pieces together and got them to work together. Now, I just discovered a new coach. His name is Benjamin Harvey. He's a business coach, and he has a lot of great courses on YouTube. I'll put his information in the show notes as well. But he talks about how to integrate these pieces of ourselves. And I've been practicing with this for the last week or two, and it really does work. It's really exciting. So I'm going to share this with you as one possible method to work with these values conflicts inside of yourself. Because again, if you're having a conflict, it's not because there's a clear value winner that you're supposed to choose and the other value just isn't as important. These values are equally important to you. They both matter. You could choose one, but if you choose one, you're still going to be thinking about the other one and maybe even resenting that you're not getting to do the other one, or you're going to feel out of balance because you're not doing the other one. And if you choose both without resolving to get them to work together, you're going to feel like you're in that tug of war. You may self-sabotage. There are going to be things that make it not work. It's going to be really clunky. Here's where Benjamin's genius comes into play. Benjamin says, do you often find yourself being pulled between two competing things? Do you feel at war with yourself because it feels like you have to choose between two things that are important to you? And he gave some examples and I'm going to share those here because we're going to talk about them later. So he said the common ones he hears as a business coach are like, I want to start a successful business. So this would embody values like financial freedom, personal achievement, service, And I want to spend more time with my family. And this would embody values like family or connection or relationships. But underneath there, there's a belief. And that's what causes the conflict. The belief is I can't start a business because it'll mean less time with my family. And that rang really true for me during my years as a wedding photographer. I can't have a big business because it'll mean less time with my family. I can't grow my business. I can't be successful at my business because it'll mean less time with my family, specifically with my kids. Another one he brought up, and I'm including this one here because this one about broke my brain. I want to go to Fiji. So values of like travel, adventure, fun, and play. And I want to pay off my debt. So, you know, financial security or just security in general, freedom. And the belief would be, I can't go to Fiji because I need to pay off my debt. Now, if you're thinking that's absolutely right, you can't go to Fiji because you need to pay off your debt, 
You and I are kindred spirits, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute. This happens for the same reasons we have conflicts with other people who value different things. We aren't communicating effectively. So when we have a big conflict with another person, it's because we are not communicating effectively. We're not getting curious. We aren't seeking to understand. We aren't problem solving. We're not looking for win-wins. We are wrestling against one another and we want to win no matter what the cost to the other person. And that's exactly what these two parts of our brain are doing. There is a part of ourselves that is arguing for one value and there is a part of ourselves arguing for the other value and they want to win because it's either or. Either I'm a good mom or I get a sense of self. And there, the part that says, you know, you need to be a good mom. Because if you fail at this, no other success will make up for your failure. That part was real loud. But then there was another part of myself that was like, if I pour myself into my kids completely, where does Terry go? Terry dies. That's not okay with me. We need a sense of self. We need accomplishment. We need achievement. We need some creativity. We need to be with other people or we're going to go crazy. Also, very valid points. Both of these parts had very valid points, but because it felt like one of them had to win and the other one had to lose, they weren't listening to each other. They were fighting with each other because neither of those parts of me wanted to die. Both of them were so important to me, like life or death important to me. Now, the good news is, is when the argument is between two parts of ourselves, we have significantly more control over the curiosity levels and the openness in the conversation. We're in charge of both parts of the conversation. This is not necessarily as true when we are having a conversation or conflict resolution with someone outside of ourselves, right? We'll talk about that a little bit next week, having conflict conversations about differing values with people who are other than us, right? Separate humans from us. But when it's inside of us, we have control over whether we're getting curious or whether we're getting judgmental. We have control over whether we're going to be open to problem resolution or whether we're going to be rigid. We get to create that atmosphere. And so we have a lot more room for conflict resolution inside of ourselves because we control both parts of the argument. When we're having conflict resolution with someone else, we only control our part. And that can make it difficult to actually find resolution With the other person sometimes, unless they're willing to create this openness and this problem-solving win-win atmosphere with us. Now, to create this atmosphere of curiosity and problem-solving between the two competing parts of ourselves, we're going to use Benjamin Harvey's formula and mathematical equations for me. Like when there is something that I can see in a mathematical equation, my brain actually really rejoices. I love concrete things to look at. They're easy for me to remember and to apply. And I hope that this is fun for you too. But if you hate math, this is still going to be useful. Now he has an equation, the equations up on the whiteboard in the video that I posted in the show notes, but it says A equals H plus or minus B. Now, if your brain exploded, pause really quick, write it on paper. If you're a visual learner, this will help. A equals H plus or minus B. So A is going to be our new value that we want to introduce, the new business or the trip to Fiji in the example above, and B is the old value. 
Okay. So in the two examples above, the old value would be spending time with your family or paying off your debt. And then the plus or minus ahead of it is a question. Do you want more of the B value or less of the B value? In the first example, you want more time with your family. In the second example, you either want less debt or you want more financial freedom and security. Either way, you want to you know, write that equation. H in the equation stands for help. So you'll be asking a question to bring the two values together and help them work in harmony. So let's practice this together. Like, let's go through this process. A question I could have asked myself back when I was a wedding photographer is how might having a successful business help me spend more time with my family or help me be a better mother? Here are some ideas that came to mind for me. You might have even more. There are endless ideas that we could explore here. If I became successful at my own business, I'd be my own boss and choose my own hours around what works best for my family. That is one thing I've loved about being my own boss. Even when I was a wedding photographer, I got to work late at night. My work did not leave my kids in a lurch at all because I was working on the weekends when they had family members that could watch them and pay attention to them and like be super cute with them. And then I was editing my photos at night. So during the day, as far as my kids were concerned, they had mom 100% of the time. The only time I was gone was on Saturdays. I got to choose a schedule that worked around their lives. It was super flexible, and I was grateful for that. I could charge more for my hours worked and have to spend less time working overall. As a wedding photographer, I got paid really well. And it allowed me to work less than I might have if I had been getting paid minimum wage and needed to work a nine-to-five job. Because yes, we were using my income as part of our expenses so that the money I brought in was necessary, but also it was because I needed a sense of self. That was the primary driver for me. Another idea might be as soon as I'm done with work, I don't have to commute home. And let's say your commute is an hour there and an hour back, you have two extra hours you can spend with your family. So let's say you still work nine to five, but you're working from home. You know, guess what? That's two hours that you get to spend with your family that you didn't before. And if most of your work is done by phone or computer, it might give you freedom to travel more with your family and even write certain trips off, giving you even more freedom to do fun things together and make memories together. There's so many ideas, hundreds of things that you could put on this list of how your value of creating a successful business could work together with your value of seeing your family more. And in the business world, finding the way these two values work together is called your why. You're going to hear lots of people, especially Simon Sinek, talk about your why. Why do you do what you do? And this is how you figure that out. What are your values and how do they work together to get what is most important to you. So going back to the 10 years I spent working as a wedding photographer, my why would have been because I wanted the flexibility to be a great mom and I wanted to be able to make enough money so that I didn't have to work as much. But it also would have been because I needed a personal identity and I loved being creative and I loved putting really good quality work out into the world but I wish I had been more aware of that. 
I didn't know what that meant to find your why. But this will help you find your why. How do these values work together to get you what you really want? What is really important to you? I didn't understand it fully. And maybe I still don't understand it fully, but I didn't understand it fully until just this past couple of weeks when I read Benjamin's formula about how to get these values to work together and how to take things that feel like they're conflicting and opposing and actually say, is there a way that I can get you guys to work together to get me more of what I want? Instead of feeling like I have to choose one at the deprivation of the other, is there a way we can get both and actually have both of you enhance the other? Now, I included Benjamin's second example about Fiji because I found it fascinating and I'd been thinking about it all week. At first, I was like, "Uh, this is a no-brainer. This isn't a conflict of values. This is a clear winner or loser. Of course, you can't go to Fiji while you still need to pay off huge amounts of debt. But then I thought about it more and I realized that I have the same conflict inside of me. So I want to save more for retirement. I never want to put my kids or any grandkids we may have in a sticky situation where they have to figure out how to financially care for me or Kevin in our old age. And I definitely don't want them to have to set emotionally difficult boundaries with us to protect their own financial health. I know how painful that is. I know how conflicting it is. I'm in my own conflict of values with this right now and trying to find a way to make things work together. But I do not want to put my kids in that situation if I can at all help it. This is non-negotiable for me. And I long to travel even more than I currently am privileged to. I love the memories I get to make and I love the pictures I get to take. And, you know, even 10 years later, some of the trips that we've taken just bring back this rush of warmth and fun and adventure And in the middle of Colorado winter, that is worth a lot to be able to look back on memories of going to warm places like Hawaii or Cancun or to really cool places like Europe and remembering that there is life outside of these four walls that we've been in for the last couple months because it's been so cold and snowy. So I sat with this conflict. How might going to Fiji or Bali or Spain or Japan, whatever you're into, help somebody pay off more debt? How would it help me pay off more debt or save more for retirement? I about broke my brain when I first asked this question. I could hear a very clear part of myself saying, these things will never go together. You earn the right to travel after you pay off the debt. Anytime I hear judgment that clear inside of my head, like obviously there's a right way and a wrong way, Terry. I purposely take on the challenge of opening up to more options. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that Benjamin Harvey, he wasn't full of crap. I thought back to previous trips and realized that, yeah, when I'm on vacation, I often have some of my best, most creative, most clear ideas. My mind is hella innovative when I give it unencumbered space to just wander around and play. On vacation, I also have time to dink around on the internet if I want and get answers to my curious questions. For example, I got serious about starting this podcast while hanging out in a cabin with my husband and kids in the snowy Colorado mountains for Christmas break 2020. The year of the staycation because we couldn't go anywhere, remember? Getting away, even driving just an hour away, gave me distance from my busy schedule 
and the laundry in my house and cooking dinners and all that sort of thing, right? And with that clear mind, I could hear the part of me that said, you could do this and I bet it isn't that difficult. You probably already have plenty of research to start. And with plenty of unscheduled time to look up all the tech I needed to get started, I knew exactly what I needed to do, mostly. And a few weeks later, I posted my first episode and haven't looked back since. This podcast came from being away on vacation, even if it was a staycation, and allowed me to like hear my thoughts, answer my questions, and get that first episode up on Buzzsprout. Investing in that four days away has given me returns that have helped me pay off debt and save for retirement. I also thought back to the last time we got away. We spent 10 days as a family leisurely exploring the California coast from south to north on the Pacific Coast Highway. Aside from posting pictures of the views and the fun on social media, I didn't work at all. It was heaven. And when I got back home, I was on fire to get back into the swing of things. I was rested and relaxed. I was brimming with ideas. I felt connected to my family and loved by them. I felt grounded in myself. And I had my busiest and most profitable quarter of coaching, content creation, and podcast interviewing just after coming home from that trip. Now I'm thinking that maybe it's not such a coincidence. Of course, I would be more enthusiastic and energetic after a nice long rest, a change of scenery, and a chance to just focus on time with my favorite people. And of course, that energy is magnetic. Of course, that brought clients and listeners into my circle. Of course. I think about the people that I'm most magnetized to. They're the people who are on fire about their work. They're so enthusiastic, you can't help but be enthusiastic too. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I have lots of evidence that these two values can work together, not just in my life, but in the lives of other people. I started thinking about other people I know that are traveling and it's making them more money or allowing them to pay off debt or to save money. I know tons of coaches that have set up business retreats at places they want to travel to, Costa Rica, Hawaii. Uh, One of them just went to Thailand. They make money while creating community and visiting beautiful places. This would make both values work together. Actually, if you think about building community, that's three values that are working together. Kevin and I recently read about a couple that lives on different cruise boats year-round because it allows them to see the world while saving money on monthly expenses. This would also make the value of traveling work together with paying down debt or saving for retirement. I hadn't really realized that I was blocking possibilities for myself because I had a belief that travel and play are earned only after the debt balance is zero and the retirement balance has many, many, many zeros. I didn't realize that these two values were in conflict within me. I accepted the tension between them as normal because that's what was modeled for both of us in our families of origin. No wonder Kevin and I always feel some low-key stress and anxiety when we go on vacation with our kids. I think we always had this belief tape playing in the background. We hadn't considered that going on vacation could be a part of our strategy to care for ourselves so that we can make income in the present and how that would impact how much we can put away for the future. 
he and I are going to have to think about this and converse about it some more and see if we can't have a mindset shift that allows these two pieces of us to work more peacefully together to get more of what we want in life. So my invitation to you this week is a simple one. I want you to notice when you're experiencing tension between two parts of your life. Maybe you feel pulled in two different directions between your family and your work. Maybe you feel pulled in two different directions between play and being a responsible adult. Maybe you feel tension between time alone and time with friends. As an ambivert, that's definitely a tension I feel as well. There is a part of me that needs people. There's a part of me that wants to be alone, curled up with my blankies, reading books. I need both. So where is the tension for you? Allow yourself to recognize the tension and then get curious with it. What are the values that are at play here? On the one side, you value what? Is it freedom, personal expression, time alone? What is it that you value? And on the other hand, what is the other value that's vying for your time and attention and energy? Now, use Benjamin's formula. Plug in those things. Remember, A equals H plus or minus B. What is A? What's the value that is A? What's B? Do you want more or less of B? And how might A help you get more or less of B? Allow yourself to sit with these ideas. I want to hear what you come up with over in the Emancipate Yourself Facebook group, or you could send me messages. Lots of people have been sending me messages about this, which tells me maybe some of you don't feel comfortable talking about this in the group, and I can totally honor that. Sometimes our values are really close to our chest, and we don't necessarily feel comfortable putting them out into the world until we feel really rooted and grounded in them. Or maybe you've experienced a lot of arguments about values on Facebook. So have I. So that is all valid. But if you feel more comfortable sending me a message, telling me about your experience with values, I welcome it. I'll answer it. I love it. Or if on the other hand, you feel comfortable sharing it in public, I think it would do a lot of good if that feels safe for you to start conversations about your experience discovering your values, helping them work together. If you're running into like snafus, if there's, you know, if your values are still fighting with each other, even after this, if they don't want to work together, let's have a discussion about that on the Emancipate Yourself group. Or if you're part of the live weekly discussion calls, I would love to talk about this with you on that call. Let's have a face-to-face conversation. Let's learn from each other. Let's talk about our own experiences. Let's ask curiosity questions and see what we come up with. That's how we all grow together. I can't wait to see what you come up with this week. I can't wait to hear your experiences, getting these pieces of you to work together, get curious and look for win-wins. And I appreciate so much you spending your time with me. It means the world to me. I love getting to do this podcast with you. And I will see you next Sunday.